Hey, Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Day, Wednesday, December 25th. And it's 10.50 in the morning. And we're having a rainy season here in Arizona. This is Buddy's owner in the Arizona Schnoodle Walks. And we're going to go for a walk while the rain has subsided. It's probably in the 50s. We've got some puddles of water out here. And Bud is ready for a walk. And he just jumped over the some wet stuff. So I wish you a very Merry Christmas. And if you're not from Arizona, you won't know what it's like. And it's just it's just a rainy day today. It's clouds, very pretty. And uh, yeah, life goes on. And uh, we had the grandson, Jackson, over, little dude, recovering from his heart surgery from six weeks ago, doing real well. Good to see the fam. Lee and uh, Oma Maggie, the German, born in 1940 in occupied, Nazi-occupied Germany. But it wasn't really Nazi-occupied, it was... Nazi governed Germany, right? Pleasant thought for a Christmas Day 2019. And I am looking at some low clouds in this valley we have out here in the desert. In my little square miles of earth that I encounter every day with Bud. So what is what goes through my mind on Christmas Day? I have to, you know, it's it's a given that Bud has to be walked, right? This dog has to be walked. So in go the AirPods and off we go. So what's what's now or what what uh, so what is uh it's a downtime. There's a mood at this time of year. And I just left my wife, who's watching um, a current version of A Christmas Story with Ralphie and the BB gun. And, and I have a level of maturity because my reaction many years ago would be, eh, don't want to watch that. Morning. Merry Christmas. It's a nice one today. Beautiful. Yeah. So people doing their walks. Oh, I see a little blue sky, just like I thought we'd have here about this time based on the radar technology. It's great for walking the dogs. So I just left the house with uh, Ralphie on. And... Uh, these dr- drama stories, very familiar. If you're, you're probably familiar with Ralphie and the BB gun, right? Just don't don't get the BB gun, shoot your eye out, all that classic Christmas gear, Christmas stories. And uh, yeah, so I was saying maturity level. I let it, I'm kind of letting it go. It's not my thing to watch drama. My brain looks at it and I'm like, okay, well. 
what's the message being sent through this uh, drama, this story? And uh, you can spin it many ways. I imagine there's a lot of anti-gun people who can't stand seeing Ralphie desiring a BB gun, right? And the, the, the people who are against guns are probably can't stand that show. It probably triggers them, right? <laughs> and uh, it probably triggers me too. If you can get triggered by, I don't know, is that true? You can get triggered by anything? I don't know. Is it, it may go in with the first tweet I saw this morning. Some guy put a nice tweet out. And I was like, you know, that's actually a nice tweet. I usually don't see positivity or nice tweets out there. And it's something like the, the thought is something about a golden age that we might be moving into. And I'm not sure exactly what that is. Maybe you do. Maybe you know what this golden age, this great advancing society. And uh, usually things... Well, some things change overnight, but I mean, this this growth in population really, um, usually if it gets talked about population growth, it's usually in a scary mood, like, oh, there's 7 billion people on the planet. And the, the message that there's more people alive right now than have ever lived. So is that not a spiritual thought, right? There's more people alive right now than have ever lived. So that might be, someone might be using, you know, thinking they have this term golden age where a lot of things are getting better and things. But everything gets spun, my friends. Everything is getting spun. And I, I'm sure I spin, I don't know, I don't know. I try not to spin too much, but even these new people in the last couple of weeks that trigger me out of Chicago with their politics and stuff kind of triggers me. And, and, and I, I kind of take them on and I'm sure they see the tweets, but, um, I don't know, maybe I'll title this podcast, um, Christmas day platform, right? Platform, because a lot of discussion about platforms these days. But really, platform influence, power stuff has been going on for ever, right? But it's kind of trendy now, and people can become authorities on any subject through the internet, right? And so now people are measuring their influence by their followers on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, right? And so if I tweet something to a guy that's got a six-year running podcast, that's probably pretty popular, right? I mean, six years every week by a guy that, uh, you know, he's got, he already had some influence through his uh, celebrity career with VeggieTales. So, he, you know, he's got influence. He's got a following, a platform. And he's choosing to use it politically, and he probably would deny it. It sure seems that way. 
and uh, they're kind of in their bubble. Like they would say, would say that they're not in a bubble, and they would say, "Well, you're in a bubble." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I don't know if I'm in a bubble because I'm asking questions, and uh, I'm I'm on the outside, so." Am I really in a bubble? It's easy to claim that, oh, well, you're in a bubble. They're in a bubble. And it's more of that us and them stuff. Right? I'm just kind of sad to uh, see, but that's because my blind spot with inclusion is that people might be elitist and have their own little club. And no one likes the term elitist, right? I mean, no, it doesn't matter whether you're what side of anything you're on. You just don't, you want to believe that you're the populist bubble. And so you don't like to be called elitist. <clears throat> and probably in all of our minds, we are all, we're all elitists in our own mind. Because that's all we got to rely on, really. Is our, no one's reliable. Nobody is really reliable. So the tweet that I liked this morning was kind of positive and uh, encouraging and had gratitude in it. Somebody responded like uh, to this golden age kind of concept. No, we're entering the age of despair, was the response. We're entering the age of despair. Now, is that a sad commentary, right? And yet, I can relate. You know, there's there's things that we can despair. But I also know that it's not... a uh, circumstantial thing. It's in our heads, right? We can choose to view circumstances as despairing. And it's not black and white. There's going to be moments when we may have many thoughts of despair. And yet we can choose not to. We can choose hope and gratitude. And uh, it's not a good place to be in despair. But it's usually the thoughts that we choose to let roll around our heads. And uh, yeah, so I've had moments of despair in the last 48 some hours. I mean, but it's, it's the thoughts, right? As any despairing thoughts from 24, whatever hours ago or whatever, is, is that impacting my walking of body here, you know? And so what I'm trying to say is, or what I would like to say, or what I am saying is, we can choose despair or choose hope. And usually good things follow from thinking about hopefulness and optimism and not too much positive comes 
from dwelling on ideas that uh, may be despairing. And it looks like, or sounds to me, I'm talking to myself here, that uh, I'm going with the power of our minds. <laughs> and I, I don't know, and that's, you know, many people say that it starts in your mind, whatever it is. I, and at the same time, I know there's going to be times I'm going to return to times of despair. So it's not going to be an all or nothing situation. So if I can, if I have a tendency to be despairing and it's all in your mind, how many hours a day am I going to choose to be despairing? So if I can catch those thoughts and reduce the amount of spare despairing. Like, I don't know, I guess some people may have zero hours a day. They never go into that. So on a distribution curve, they're probably outliers on positivity and outlook. And I know positivity is one of my top 10 strengths. But, you know, if you run into, have some, like some people may not have positivity. You may not have a positivity strength. And uh, I wouldn't say it's like my strong thing because people that don't have positivity would probably say, well, you're just delusional. Right? And, uh, but are we all, is everything a delu delusion anyway? Oh, it's very deeply spiritual and thought-provoking. And as I walk outside here by myself, it's a bit damp. There's not many people out right now. It's Christmas morning. And people are doing, depending on your family situation, if you have kids and you're preoccupied with whatever, not, not that you're preoccupied. That's a judgmental statement on my part, but uh, probably busy. It's, you know, you're, you're involved in your family. So I had some involvement already. I had about an hour with my wife chatting about things. Um, mostly about my thought in this religious circles that people claim to uh, have this Christianity thing all figured out. I'm coming to the framework of uh, the striving for accuracy, the Apollos framework versus the Holy Spirit framework. So, there seems to be a lot of debate about who's more accurate about the faith and very little discussion about the Holy Spirit and how our hearts can be changed to more loving, peaceful, joyful, kind. And since I resist virtue signaling, some minister can stand there and say, oh, you gotta be more, you know, we gotta be kind if you have the fruit of the spirit, you be kind. And it's like, it's an absolute statement. And I need the distribution curve. I need a grace. In fact, Gaussian distribution curve is grace. Because some of us are gonna appear outwardly more joyful 
Some of us are gonna appear outwardly more kind. And it's a what is that to you thing. It's the individual following our calling and growing in our distribution of spirit characteristics or spirit fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, you know, goodness. And it's on a curve, it's on a distribution curve and we keep getting better as we walk in the spirit. So the book's at 49,000 words. I've got a few more sessions to go. But I took a break and I'm doing Christmas thing. Family, I'm gonna be family oriented. And uh, interesting, so the son and daughter-in-law, it's good to have them over. And I did an old man thing. I kind of fell asleep last night. I didn't have any alcohol, no beer, wine or anything, but I just was tired. So I fell asleep. I didn't didn't want to do that, but it's the old man. It's an okay boomer, fall asleep. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And what else? We all have our egos, our flesh, which we want to seek approval, validation. It's a tough pull. Pulls on us. I certainly want it. I want approval. I'm fishing for compliments all the time. So the son and daughter-in-law and the grandson are over and grandma is good. Just chilling. Just uh, had some nice food. And my wife's a great cook and my mother-in-law is a great cook. So I'm, I'm well fed. And uh, I can be more grateful and more thankful. So that's where the distribution curve comes in. I'm a lot more thankful and I have more gratitude now than I did 30 years ago. And should I beat myself up because I wasn't? You know, that's the, that's the all or nothing type of thinking. It's like either you're kind and grateful or you're not. And there's a distribution. So be easy on yourself. That's a, you know, there's a now what, a now what after this podcast, go be easy on yourself. Just do something in your mind that nobody, it's because no one can read your mind. Remember that the, the troubles and difficulty of reading others' minds. And so quickly we can, observe other people and and are convinced that we've seen that before and so therefore it means xyz but maybe <clears throat> maybe we should slow down I'm, I'm tough i don't i'm much too rushed to judgment myself so if i ha- i know rushing to judgment is a not the best thing 
So on the Gaussian curve, I'm probably on the above average on rush new judgment. So why don't I just take a step back, see if I can be a little less. And uh, there's a big German shepherd out there. All right. Big German shepherd. So we're not going to. Oh, buddy. We got some good distance here. Hey, buds, buds. So, rush to judgment. And I am keeping the distance between the German shepherd and Bud because yesterday was not a. We had a dog encounter that didn't go well. Bud survived. And, uh, it's all good. So, yeah, where was I? Rushing to judgment. Sizing people up. So much of that goes on. And I think I, I may have mentioned this woman pastor that is reading the scholars and she doesn't want me to um, say, well, what about this part of scripture where Peter, John, everybody's saying that uh, uh, the Jewish people had it in for Jesus, you know. And she said, oh, no, that, you don't understand. You know, scholars have proven that the Roman Empire was heavily feared, this Jesus guy, right? Even though, even though uh, the majority of the scriptures all point to a Jew, Jewish conspiracy against him. And I see, and I and, and I think her reasoning is that she's afraid of anti-Semitism. And I'm like, well, you can believe both. You can be anti, I mean, you don't have to be anti-Semitic and uh, not believe that it was the Jews that killed Jesus. I mean, it's just like weird. And she's like, well, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor and I want to make sure I don't harm anybody with my teachings. Well, they want to just start teaching with what it says. That's a good starting point. <laughs> Point. instead of reading revisionist history from people <laughs> when when the text and everything seems to line up pretty pretty well with uh, with what happened but I don't know some people just have to be different they have to come up with some idea and uh so I guess I have to just go forward with uh, the Holy Spirit and the difference between the current thing is all these debates and who's right, accuracy, blah, blah, blah. It seems to be all about the accuracy. And I'm suggesting we get back to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or did you receive the Holy Spirit? And the fruit of the Spirit is good. Love, right? Do we all want more love? Do we want to be more loving? Do we want more joy in our lives? Sure, yeah. Well, it comes not from circumstances and uh, so forth. It comes from choosing in our heart that we're walking in the Spirit. And when you have God walking with you, not that you can judge others, but just simply walking in the Spirit. 
And uh, that's it. So, yeah, this 2020 could be a nice adventure. Well, who knows? It's, it's going to be an adventure no matter what. It's just, I don't know. I have to, I'm kind of letting go a bit about expectations and see where we could go with it. See where it goes. Take massive action of of uh, joy and love. Massive action. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. A lot of things in the world that will distract us from what we can really do. So we can't control whatever the latest news cycle presents us with. The news cycle presents us with so much to uh, be disappointed with and brings out our self-righteous indignation. So Bud took a short way today, so we're going to wrap this thing up. It is a repeat of the yearly Christmas event. Reminds me that my formative years are shaped by my past. So we had my wife and I spoke about that for about an hour. There is a you know there is the obvious like well don't get stuck on your past. But, uh, the other thing to do is to say okay I'm not really stuck on it but I can't just bury it and deny the past. So as a young child, six, seven, eight, I had some strange things going on in my world. It's probably our formative. Lots of uh, questions I had that weren't being answered. And uh, sad things like families splitting apart. Not, not the direct divorce or anything, but just families splitting apart like brothers and my uncle, my aunt and my mom separating and being different and my grandfather. So it wasn't exactly a divorce of mother and fathers, but I'm empathetic now with those of you who may have experienced that question as a child of is this not supposed to be a loving thing? So what happened to the love? Right? So even though I didn't have a direct like divorce thing, I did notice a lack of love in the family. And also had the big questions about the paranoid schizophrenia of a sister that was eight years older. So yeah, that influences me. I'm sure you didn't have that. It's pretty rare to be eight years younger than a sister with a six-year-older sister and a 10-year-older brother to be the baby in the family. Yeah, that's me. So I'm not just a 
regular. There is no average people. So whoever you are, you're listen to this. You're not you're not average. You're unique. So you have life experiences which are different than mine. And uh, let's just acknowledge that they happen. How are they how are they speaking to you, your life experiences and into where you're at today. So to me, I'm because I grew up with this paranoid schizophrenic sister, which is very complex. I mean, just saying those words, paranoid schizophrenic, I mean, what does that really mean? I don't know. It's, I still have no answers to this day, 50 years later. And, uh, and then the evil aunt, I like to call her, working against her own father and my mother. <laughs> That's real pleasant. <laughs> and I think I'm still processing that today. That's me, but not my sister and older brother. They, they, they come, their, their position in the family was different because I was the youngest and I was pretty much by myself. So they're, even though it's the same family, they have a different experience to life. So I guess we live in the presence. We get present. We get excited about whatever happens today, December 25th, 2019. And we get enamored with whatever's happening. But you have a deep history. It's not right. It's not wrong. And unfortunately, I think the religious Christian community uh, wishes that you could simply come to faith and be like everybody else. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my impression. And it's like, I'm not going to be like everybody else. And in fact, Peter, as I love, he asked about John. What about John? He's trying to compare himself to John. He wants to know whether he's getting a better deal than John or, or whatnot. And Jesus says, what's that to you? You follow me, man. And so that is the story. That is what I call the great relationship. And I can't put my finger on it for you. I can't tell you, like, this is it. This is what it means. And yet I know religious leaders all around the world put the burden on themselves to think that they can teach so accurately about what's going on that they can convince you from the Bible or whatever that, you know, this is the way to live. This is the Gaussian distribution curve. You should be in the middle of the curve, just like everybody else. And I'm saying, no, yes, it's a distribution curve, but you should find your gifts and find where you're an outlier, where you can bring your unique history, your story, your experience to others, not to have them follow you, but to remind everyone that we are to follow the living God, the Holy Spirit that's here. And those words are spoken 
so easily. Yet that is the big mystery of life. So, hey, this is uh, Buddy's owner. I just walked my dog in Arizona in a place that 100 years ago was just rock. And now there's thousands of people here living in air-conditioned homes. And at this time of year, they're really thankful that their air conditioners don't have to run. So this is a new place. This is like going to Mars, but we just came here slowly uh, through air conditioning. So as we do go to Mars in the next 500 years and beyond, uh, it's up to all of us to live and transform and do a Michael Jackson. Start with looking in the mirror and I will do the same myself. So a nice short 33 minute podcast. May you have a wonderful rest of the year and I will finish writing of course and also but be attentive to uh, just enjoy it. All right. Bye-bye. Grace, mercy, and peace.